Welcome to Shekinah International Podcast. Our ministry reflects the five-fold ministry model Apostle Paul mentions in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. Our podcast features leaders from multiple churches who are passionate about equipping Christians just like you to walk in purity and power, fulfilling your God-given purpose. God wants to do great exploits through you, so enjoy today's podcast. That was so good. I was like, thank you, Jesus. I just absolutely enjoy his presence. So Lear and Brent, I just want to honor you and thank you and um, all of you for participating in the prophecy. It makes a difference when you bring your portion. It edifies, it sparks, it activates, right? And I feel like more and more that's becoming normal. And um, I just want to encourage you guys. I think a lot of what happens in this remnant gathering is what shifts the atmosphere in our city, is what sets things in motion in this state and in the nation, from Michigan to the nation, right? So well done. Praise God. Um, I'm trying to think, Lord, you, how much you Okay, so I'll give you a quick synopsis of what happened on the res, okay? I'm going to watch the time. I'm going to be done by 4.05. Uh, we went to the Reservation Navajo Nation. Thank you for sending me. It was awesome. I'm going to, yeah, the worship was on fire. They would have three different worship, a uh, single worship leader, the New Creations worship team, the Marabba Bullock would come up. And you know me, I'm up there with the flags. I'm dancing and whoo-hoo, la-la-la-la-la, releasing sounds, doing whatever God said, right? Just like we do here, we do it there. But it's fun because there were so many more people that were in that vein and getting up there and dancing and worshiping with me. God started to move in the meeting. On the second night, we're up there worshiping, and the Lord had moved, and we'd worshiped in the morning, we worshiped in the afternoon, and we worshiped for about three hours in the evening. We worshiped extravagantly, and the Lord had me going out like I do sometimes and pulling people, come on and worship, come and worship the Lord, come and worship the Lord, right? Kind of breaking them out of their mold. And I'm standing up front, and Robin Bullock's up there, and all of a sudden, I hear, the Lord is here. The Lord has come. The Lord is here now. The Lord has come. And me and my big mouth, you know, that beautiful anointing God gave me this gift, I just start yelling it. The Lord is here. The Lord has come. The Lord is here now. The Lord has come. And everybody's like, and I couldn't stop. I mean, it was like a fire had literally been lit under my backside, and I was just hollering and screaming, north, south, east, and west. The Lord is here. The Lord has come. The Lord is here. The Lord has come. And I'm having visions of some prodigals and a vision of a womb, this one particular prodigal family member in a womb. And the Lord says, pray over him in the spirit. The Lord says, call for my glory. And I'm, I'm having this very fervent conversation with the Lord about his glory. Why not us? Why not now, Lord? You said we can have it. Why not us? Why not now? You're no respecter of persons. What you did for David, you can do for us. And I'm going on and on. I'm weeping and weeping and weeping. And then I start to see the throne room come down, the whirling Angels, I have this quick flash vision. I see it come and settle down on the stage. And then here comes the Lord. And I see him in purple garb, gold uh, crown on top. And Holy Spirit says, bend the knee before the Lord your God. And I was like, I'm down to my knees. All of a sudden, I look up, and Robin Bullock's got his hands up like this. And the music is playing by itself. The guitar is literally releasing a glory sound by itself, which we have experienced here in the throne room before. And I knew that I knew that I knew heaven and earth had collided. And that happened for almost 30 minutes. You can't make this stuff up. People have got pictures, and there was a fire, Shekinah fire pillar over the tent moving and shaking. There was a cloud hand over the tent, like God was extending his five-fold ministry out to 
move and to shift things in the atmosphere. When we left that day, two highways were closed, but there was rainbows. Everywhere we looked, rainbows. It was like God said, I'm reestablishing my covenant over these people. And what's awesome about the Navajo Nation is they're the tribe of the voice. They were the code breakers. And they would translate everything. And in this decade of pay, 5782, when the lion is roaring, the Lord's waking up the first First Nations people the code talkers, the ones with the voice to release their portion. And it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. So thank you for sending us. I believe we're going to see a major shift in our nation because they've come into their rightful place. And I want to honor Brent and I want to honor the worship team and really this body and just say the things we're starting to see in some of these corporate gatherings happens here all the time at Throne Room. So for us, it wasn't a new normal. For them, it's a new normal, right? But we're seeing it all the time. And some of what I'm going to talk about today, and kind of Donna, you already alluded to, um, is it only takes a few. And that oftentimes God will put a Delta Force team together like this to do something extraordinary in the supernatural seed is planted in the spirit and it begins to multiply across the nation. And I believe that's what he's done through you, through us, and through this body. So I just want to say well done. As I was talking to the Lord this, well, this morning, actually, because um, I had an anniversary party out of town last night, I was mulling over some things over the last month or so, and I was like, Father, what do you want to say to your people, right? And it was reminding me of this story that I heard, and I'm laughing about your testimony. Please forgive me if I hurt your feelings there. I do love you so much. But sometimes we do got to put our big girl or big boy pants on and say, I will run into this storm. I will not retreat. Amen. So the title of this message is called Run Into the Storm. Okay, If we want to reach our destiny, we're going to be reaching our destiny. We have to learn to run into the storms and be a bison. Okay, and I'm, you're going to laugh when I change the slide. Not a cow. Okay, now I'm going to tell you a story. Why do we want to be a bison and not a cow? Let me tell you a little facts here about Beef and dairy, beef cattle and, and dairy cows, they're originally from India and Turkey. They can be 800 to 4,000 pounds. woo they carry some glory. They can be four to six feet tall, depending on the breed, and they have a lifespan of approximately 18 to 20 years. And they've been domesticated for over 10,500 years. Somebody say Domesticated. Okay. When I heard the word domesticated and I read this, it was like Father God was showing me that sometimes the world tries to domesticate us. Oh, calm down. Stay in the box. Relax a little. Enjoy life. Just give a little milk now and then. You don't need to be meat. Like they spend, they may live 18 to 20 years, right? But all their life is spent giving milk and waiting for a slaughterhouse. Come on, somebody. Their death comes by comfort, old age, and or a slaughterhouse. I was like, hey, that rocked me. I was like, all right, well, tell me about the bison. The Lord says, well, they're 828 pounds. They're a lean animal. They don't give fat. They don't get up to 4,000 pounds. But they're a lean animal. They're lean and their meat is actually preferred because it's healthier for consumption. 
People seek it out. They're grass-fed. It's organic. They're wild. They've never been domesticated. I thought, well, isn't that interesting? And they've never been domesticated because they're known to be unpredictable. Come on. Holy Spirit is unpredictable, and he's bringing us into a season and into an era where he wants us to roar, and he wants you to know it's okay to be unpredictable. It's okay to say what he says to say and to do what he shows you to do and not conform to the spirit of politics or the spirit of religion that tells you to be this way, be that way. And that doesn't mean that we're unloving, but it's okay to be unpredictable. That's what Delta Force team members do. The enemy doesn't know our plan. Half the time, we don't know it till we get there. Why? Because we know each other so well. We're listening and we're watching and our head is on a swivel. And our number one man's calling the shots as we go because Holy Spirit's downloading it in that moment. Amen? That is you. That is me. That is us. That is the new era. And this is so interesting. I said, Lord, they're not domesticated. He said, bison. I'm like, why do the cows live longer than the bison? He says, because... Bison's death comes by adventure. They choose to lay down their life. They choose to sacrifice. They choose the hard thing. They can live 20 years, but when they stop hearing and they stop listening and they stop running with other bison, they die early. But if you will run with the other bison and you will heed the word of the Lord and you're willing to continue to be lean and mean and embrace the adventure, embrace the journey and the glory of his goodness and continue to live outside the box... You will make your 20 years. Come on. Double 10, answer prayers. Double anointing, the double anointing, the double mantle anointing from Elijah to Elisha. Hallelujah. So the reason this came up, I was listening to a video, I posted it not too long ago. There was a gentleman telling a story, the difference between cows and bison. And I just named a few of them. But one of the main differences is when a storm comes in and the clouds get dark and it's hard to see and the deluge begins to fall from the sky and the thunder and the lightning is prevalent, a cow will run away from the storm. It runs away from the storm thinking that it's going to be able to avoid getting wet It runs away from the storm because it's easily frightened and they scatter and go in fear trying to protect themselves and stay dry. But the bison is wise. It understands that as a cow runs away from the storm, it's still going to get wet. And because it's trying to outrun the storm, the storm will catch up with the cow And it will just have to endure the deluge that much longer because it's trying to outrun the storm. I'll run the thing that it's afraid of. But the bison and the pack of bison know better and they say, ah, here comes that storm. I'm going to run full on head into that sucker. Because if I run into the storm, if I run into the deluge, if I run into the thundering, lightning voice and seemingly frightening thing, it will pass that much quicker and I will come out stronger and braver and leaner. And meaner for the sake of the kingdom. Amen. I'm just saying. Come on. So I was kind of giggling about this. I really like this picture of the cow and the bison. And I was like, Lord. He said, tell the people, don't be cows. Don't be cow words. And you don't have to be. We all are tempted to be. 
But we don't have to be. Why? Why don't we have to be? Because we're by son. B-Y-S-O-Ns. Come on, somebody. I'm a by son. It's by the son of God that I am righteous. It's by the son of God that I have faith. It's by the son of God that I walk in miracles, that you walk in miracles. I'm a by son. I was like, hey, come on. That lit me up. It's exactly what you're prophesying. The year of the roar, it all comes by the Son, by the finished work of Jesus Christ. Christ in me is the hope of glory, and he dwells in me. Therefore, I have access to the fullness of my inheritance on the inside. And there's not a single storm that will come our way that he will not give us the grace to face. That he will not give us the victory over if we will be still long enough or run into it long enough and trust him long enough to hear and to speak what he says to speak. And to see and to do what he tells us to do. Come on. Lord, thank you, Jesus. I'm preaching myself happy. I'm so encouraged. So after I, you know, kind of he gave me that story and I wrote it down. I'm like, okay, well, where are we going with this, Papa? Where are we going with this today? And he said, I want you to talk about the the things, the practical things I've taught you about reaching your destiny. Because sometimes people look at me and they're like, oh, that's amazing, blah, blah, blah. You know, God's doing this and God's doing that. Like, how did you get there? What do you mean how to get there? Jesus, right? But sometimes people need more information than just Jesus. Jesus ain't just cutting it, right? Because they haven't been where you've been. So he said, break it down. Break it down for them. I listened to Marvin's message from last week, and he's so good, and he is so right on. Read. Point number one, if you want to reach your destiny, you've got to read the word of God every single day, every single day, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that word, word of God is the rhema of God, right? And God's spoken word, a revelatory word, will never be contrary to his written word. But until we read this, and if we're not eating and eating and eating, we can't recognize a difference. There is no discernment. But when we do, when we're eating and grazing and eating and grazing, when that rhema comes, we know, is that God or is that the enemy? Is that my flesh or is that my father? And it's a quick thing. It's a quick discerning that comes, and we don't even have to wonder. We're like bison, run into the storm. We're like bison, release the word. We're like bison. I know you didn't mess with my father, my sister, my brother, my family in Jesus' name. Amen? And we set our face like flint. You ever seen a bison's face? They got that grr, right? Right? And there's nothing wrong with that. And we do walk in love, right? Love always protects. Love always protects. He said, number two, tell you to pray about everything. Don't assume. Pray about everything. There are so many things that have come my way that came in beautiful, shiny packages that looked amazing, like the perfect answer. And the Lord's like, don't do it. I was like, Lord, but this looks so good. Right? Okay, so, like, I was at one large church, and they wanted to pay for my education. They wanted to get um, a seminary degree. I was so excited. You would have thought I was in cloud 10,000. I went home. I praised the Lord. I was all geek, da 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 He's like, did you ask me about this? I was like, um, no, no, I did not. So I said, okay, Lord, you know, I want to know if this is something you want me to do. This is great. I could be preaching on the platform here. I could be blessing so many people. I could be bringing the prophetic components to this, you know, denomination. I mean, this could totally be you. There were so many possibilities that I saw in my little mind. And Father gave me a dream that night. And in the dream, there was a specific individual who was involved in politics that at the time had just been exposed for something very ungodly, 
And in the dream, that individual said, you need to go to seminary. And Holy Spirit said immediately, consider the source. I was like, eh. Of course, my flesh is crying. Right? Something, and that's like $40,000. But I knew God had said no. So I woke up that next morning and I said, Father, like, why not? I mean, this seems like a good thing. Like, why are you telling me no? And this was years ago, decades ago. And he said, Stephanie, I want them to know that I made you. I want them to know that I formed you. I want them to know that they don't have to, I want the people to know they don't have to have a special education to hear from God, to hear from heaven, and to be used mightily of me. I need them to know that in this hour, in this day, I am no respecters of persons. I was like, okay. I'm like, please forgive me. Right? And I asked for forgiveness. So pray about everything. Pray about everything. Ministry trips. Gifts you receive from people, right? Like sometimes I'll receive a gift from an individual. The Lord will have me give it away the next week. I'm like, I really liked that one. <laughs> right? But pray about everything. There's a reason. Some things are meant to come to you. Some things are meant to go through you. Amen? Ask God to open doors and shut doors. And this is a big one because sometimes some things, some things are a good thing, but they're not the best thing. Right? There's the perfect Good and acceptable will of the Lord. I don't want the good will, and I don't want the acceptable will. I want the perfect will. That's the difference between 30, 60, and 100 fold. Amen? And we're not taught this, but if we ask the Lord, if we pray about those things, Lord, this looks really good. And almost like sometimes the Lord will say, well, you're free to choose. You can, you can move. You can get a new house, or you can, I don't know, do whatever, spend your money on this, that, or the other. But ask, Lord, is this your best? If this is not your best, Father God, would you please shut the door? And I'm so surprised sometimes still when the door shuts because I'm like, oh, okay, that wasn't your best. Well, I thank you, Jesus. Thank you for saving me from the acceptable. Thank you for saving me from the good. Thank you for granting me grace to remain in your perfect will because that is what I want. Amen. Let God arrange and set your schedule and priorities. Now listen, y'all. He's real good at running the universe. I think he can handle our schedule. He sets the moon in place, right, and knows when the tide comes in and when the tide goes out. He's got the stars singing songs in the atmospheres, and he created all the fish in the sea and all the different kinds of herbs and greens that are for eating. He knows when to make it rain, right? He is sovereign like we were singing earlier. He's great at running the universe, and he can handle your schedule. Initially, when I first got into kind of obeying the will of the Lord and trying to, I guess, walk out my destiny, everything that came my way, yes, 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 yes. And now, sometimes that phone will be ringing, the Lord says, do not answer that. And it's people I know and I love. And I'm like, Father, why don't you want me to answer that? I really want to love this person. It really occurs to him. He says, I want them to come to me. I was like, oh, okay. Sir, yes, sir. You are the boss of me. I am not the boss of me. Right? Because sometimes when we're growing up and we're coming into things, Father, God wants us to start coming to him more and more, right? And we can become an idol in people's life. The pastor, the apostle, the leader has the answer, right? I'm going to get a word. I'm going to call. I'm going to check. I'm going to vent. Right? You ever get somebody that calls you to vent all the time? You're like, Lord Jesus. Those negative words affect you, right? And sometimes it can cause offense if you don't want to participate. So God is so good 
He'll help you set your priorities. When to pick up the phone, when to not pick up the phone, when to take a meeting, when to not take a meeting, when to cancel a meeting to go to something else that's come up. And sometimes it's a test for that other person. Like I used to know I can't, I've got this going on, I'd never, my yes is yes, my no is no. And Father was dealt with me about that one time. He said, Stephanie, I'm telling you to go to this and I want you to call that person and ask forgiveness and ask if you can reschedule. And I did. And I'm like, Lord, why would, you, why would you have me do that? And he says, I'm testing them to see if their faith is in me or their faith is in you. Another time, he showed me that the individual is just in it for their flesh. They just want to hang out with you. This isn't producing kingdom. It's just feeding their flesh. And I'm okay with you being friends with that individual, but you're really just feeding their flesh, right? I need them to wait. I need their flesh to die a little bit, and we'll come back around and bless them in a week or two. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, right? How many of you have been there, done that, where God's canceled something on you, and you're like, eh, right? You're like, okay, <laughs> die, flesh, <laughs> right? Amen. But that's good, right? The other thing he spoke to me, allow God to choose your relationships and prune them. We go through seasons and we go through eras, right? If you're running with bison, sometimes some cows are going to mix up in there and be like, hey, move move over here, move over here with me, right? You can chill with them and you can hang and you can have some conversations. But when that storm comes and that cow starts running the other way, you better make sure you stay with your pack and run into that storm if you want the perfect will of God, right? And not run away because the temptation is, boy, they're dry. That looks comfortable and easy and relaxing. Even though it's railroad tracks to the slaughterhouse, Right? I mean, think about it. It's kind of funny. So allow God to choose your close relationships and to prune them because they do shift. And just like we were prophesying today, the month of Av, they change. As you mature and as you shift, stick with those bison, the by sun, right? Everything is by the sun, People who will call you up into your destiny. And if it makes you uncomfortable, guess what? You're probably in the right place. You're probably in the right place. Amen? All right. A few more practical steps to reaching your destiny. Allow people the freedom to leave. This was a hard one for me. This was really, really hard for me. Where there's love, there's what? Liberty. Right? And not everybody, people get to choose. We can, once we get saved, he, I believe he lets us choose. Do we want to be 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold? Right? And a lot of it depends on how whole we're willing to get. He says there's some produce 30, some produce 60, some produce 100. It's a parable of soil. The Lord compares the soil to the heart. It's really a picture of how much they're willing to till their heart to be prepared to receive the seed so it can yield a higher volume of harvest. That's why we say here a lot of times you can't take anyone any further than you yourself have gone. You can't yield fruit beyond the um, health of your soil in your heart, right? It's got to be good soil, right? And what does it say? The love of God has been poured out into your heart by the Son. You've got a good heart by the Son of God. You've got good soil by the Son of God. If you keep it weeded, you keep it clean. You keep focused on the sun and not on religion, not on performance, not on what you do, right? But the Lord really had to deal with me about this, not getting offended when people leave. 
He said, there's a lot of reasons I call people out. Number one, so you'll depend on me all and all and all things. Number two, so sometimes you're in people's life for a season, and sometimes people are going to run with you, and they're part of your vice on pack. Right? Sometimes we're going to run together. And sometimes you're just there to equip them to do the work that God prepared in advance for them to do, and then you've got to send them and let them go do it. Right? Sometimes people don't like the pressure of the bison pack, and they look at that sermon like, I'm out. I'd rather just live longer, milk a few people, you know what I mean? Share my udders. Right? Let them hook me up to the machine, and I'm good. I'm happy with being fat and sassy and rolling out of the slaughterhouse when it's my time. Like, seriously, some people live that way, right? Religion puts people in that box. And, but we got to love them and give them freedom. Jesus does. Who are we not to love them and let them go? He lets them choose, right? This is a beautiful thing. Great will be our reward. There's a day that will come when the by son pack will be greatly rewarded. And we'll have many crowns to cast at the feet of our Lord. And we'll carry the glory that he gave us here, the measure of glory that he gave us here for eternity. So... Think of um, allowing people to have the freedom to leave. Think of Jesus when he was on, on earth, right? Honor and reward those who stay. Okay, so he had the groups of 7,000, 5,000 and 7,000, the large crowds, which everybody wants to be at the exciting events like what I went to at the Navajo Nation, right? That's super exciting. Everybody wants to go to those kind of things. Then he had the 120 in the upper room who were willing to persevere and pray. It's a little bit different team, a little bit different group, a lot more commitment, right? He honored them with speaking in tongues. He had the 12, the ones that stood by his side, did all the dirty ministry stuff, made the meals, cleaned the clothes, put up the tents every week, right? Did the hard work day in and day out, came and played the guitar, came and sang, right? Released the prophetic words, loosed the angels, when nobody's looking, but you know it's changing the atmosphere everywhere you go, and you're planting that supernatural seat of faith, and you know it's shifting things, but you're showing up going, Lord, really, just us 12, just us few? And then he had his three, ride or dies. They are always there. They're at everything. They're at the small things. They're at the big things. They're at the little things, and they're always serving, always serving. They were at the cross when he went through, Right? Peter, James, and John, they went up to the Mount Transfiguration, but then at the cross, you have Mary, Mary, and John. The two women and the one disciple, the beloved, the one who understood by the Son that he was loved in spite of himself. The woman, Mary Magdalene, who was excised of multiple demons and understood the grace of God. And then Mother Mary, who gave up the greatest treasure of her, her life, her literal son that she carried in her womb, the son of God. The ride or die, you're three. You're going to have people who want to come and be with you when it's exciting. You're going to have some that will like, yeah, I'll do this really cool prayer meeting. You'll have others that say, I'll do the dirty work. I'll stay in it. I'll pick up the snacks. I'll put up the signs. I'll carry the ladder for the 50th time every single day. We'll do the day in the day out. And then you're going to have your ride or dies. You're going to have your three. 
And those are the ones who will see the transfiguration of the Lord. They will encounter visions. They will enter into the heavens. They will endure the pain of the reality of the sacrifice that Christ made on their behalf. But they'll receive the greatest messages for the body of Christ. Isn't that awesome? Father said, tell them to practice my presence all day long. So sometimes when I'm driving, I imagine, if you will, or intentionally picture Jesus sitting next to me in my chair when I'm driving. When I don't, I am not a nice driver. <laughs> but when I do, it's a whole different ballgame. Bless them, Lord, in Jesus' name. And I look at him like, aren't you proud of your daughter? <laughs> right? But we, we respond differently. We're able to respond instead of react when we, act, when we practice his presence. Andrew Murray has a beautiful book called Practicing the Presence of God. And he said, I would practice the presence of God when I wash dishes because he's the servant of all, right? And it changed the way he viewed the tasks that he was doing. It became about fellowship with the Lord instead of about a menial task that didn't seem to have any kingdom impact. Because he was always practicing the presence. So the Lord says, tell them to practice my presence. Even when I'm in bed at night and I lay down, I'm practicing his presence. Right? He's there. He's with me. I'm hiding myself in the strong tower of his name. Amen? And you can do that too. Sometimes I'll be buying groceries and standing in the grocery line. And I'm like, Lord, what are you doing? Who are you speaking to? And he won't have me say anything to the person in front of me. Sometimes he will. Sometimes he won't. But... Sometimes he'll just have me pray, and all of a sudden I know what's going on in their life and why they're so irritable and why they're so unkind and why they're so rude. And the Lord says, pray for them. Bless them. Give them a kind look. Smile. Sometimes it's little things. It's simple things, right? I'll give you one example. We had a situation here during the whole um, BLM thing that was going on there. Someone thought they were cute and started to make flyers with the noose on them and hang them all over the city. Completely inappropriate. I was livid, absolutely livid. One of my um, African-American workers with Cago brought me the poster. What are you going to do about this? I said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do about this. I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask the Lord what he wants to do about this because I am mad. I mean, that righteous indignation raised up and that Judah part of me wanted to grab the enemy by the throat and shake him up. So I get home and I'm sitting at my computer and I'm ready to... War, praying in tongues, the Lord says, I want you to call this number. I was like, what? What you talking about, Willis? What do you mean you want me to call this number? What am I going to say to this person who made this flyer? He said, I want you to call this number. I was like, here we go. Bye, son. I'm going to run into the storm. Okay, I'm thinking I'm going to get all beat up, right? I'm like, I'm gearing up, setting my face like Flint, got my shield of faith up. I called the number. I said, hi, my name is, I said, Pastor. Pastor Stephanie Butler. I'm with Cago Network and Washkeen International. And I've got this flyer in front of me, and I'm calling because I, I don't understand why you would put something like this up in our city. This isn't who we are. And the guy started to cry. And he goes, I'm so glad you called me because my number is all over these posters, but I didn't make them. I did not make them. 
And in that moment, the Lord revealed to me that there was a political spirit in operation that was trying to cause division in the city. And the man cried for 40 minutes. He said, I've called the police and told them I didn't do this. People are threatening my life. I'm getting death threats all the time. He said, I don't know what to do. And I was like, okay, Abba, I'm sorry. I was ready to throat punch somebody, and he just wanted me to encourage this guy and pray for him, prophesy, right? And I think his name was Brian, if I remember correctly. So... I take Brian up to the courts of heaven. I decree and declare a few things. I call things into the kingdom order. I loose angels to give him favor with the cops. I decree and declare that everything needs to be exposed, yada, yada, yada. You know how it is. Within two weeks, and I made a video. I get off the phone. I pray for him. Ask him if he knows Jesus. He says no. I make this video. And I, the Lord says, I want you to tell the people in the city how I feel about this. And I said, let me tell you something. This is unacceptable. This is not who we are in Lansing. I was so mad. I said, I don't know who put these up, but I want you all to watch all over the city. If you see anybody putting up these posters, I want you to videotape it and send it to the Lansing Police Department right now. Within three weeks, the video got 8,000 hits. 8,000 hits. Teams were loosed all over the city, going around, taking the posters off the walls and off the trees because they decided we wanted to be unified and they weren't going to let that spirit operate in our city. Come on, somebody. I'm calling Brian every week, and I'm saying, it's at 2,000. It's at 4,000. It's at 7,800. We're at 8,500. And he's weeping and weeping and weeping and praising God, who he does not know. He said, I know this is God. I know this is God. I know this is God. I didn't know what to do. And I was thinking, I was taking out an enemy. I was about to make a phone call to take out an enemy. The Lord says, no. I need you to practice my presence and listen. Do exactly what I told you to do when I told you to call that number. You were scared. You thought it was going to be something else. And I had a divine appointment for you. Not just for you, but a divine appointment that changed the entire city. Healed a man's heart. Gave him an example of the love of God and then dealt with a political spirit in the city. Come on. You can't make that stuff up. We've got to practice his presence. Because it's those tiny things. It's the tiny things oftentimes. The the small impressions that'll change the trajectory of someone's entire life. I could have just let it go. I could have not said anything. And that poor man, where would he be now? And those posters will be all over the city still, stirring up strife and division and hurting people. But someone agreed with the Lord and said, not on my watch. You won't treat my brothers and sisters that way. No, I will not stand for this, right? Righteous indignation rose up, and we said no. And God shifted a thing for the sake of his kingdom. He dropped the plumb line, exposed the plot of the enemy, and healed a man's heart. One other thing we can do to ensure that we reach our destiny is to surrender to the purification process. And it's not always easy, right? Because until we understand that it comes by the sun, it's hard to see the stuff in us. It's like, oh, that hurts. I don't want to look at that, Lord. But Matt just did communion for us, right? And it's by the blood of what? Jesus that we're made righteous. It's by his broken body that we're made whole. If we keep our eyes on him and we know it's by the sun, by the sun, by the sun, we never have to worry when he reveals another area that he wants to purify. We can always live the surrendered life because it's not about us. And when we behold him in those moments, we just become more and more pure. And it's an easy, simple, rest-filled process of, you did it for me, I receive it, and now by your grace I can walk therein. Right? So then when someone says something about us, eh, Steph, you were a little harsh. 
when you said, put my big girl panties on, and I wasn't too sure how I felt about that. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. I should have been gentle because that is the fruit of the spirit. I need to receive that, right? Sometimes warriors want to throat punch everything. We need to calm down. The Lord wants to give somebody a hug, <laughs> right? And we got to receive that. And like Donna said, God speaks through people. He speaks through our brothers and sisters, right? The enemy would like us to be offended and to cause division. But when we know someone's heart and we know they love the Lord and they love us, it's simply a matter of being still long enough to hear the part that God wants us to hear or being still long enough to release our portion that he wants us to release. Amen? <laughs> I thought this was cute. When I was praying on this part about surrendering to the purification process, I heard gory revelations about us proceed carrying the glory. <laughs> Right? Those things about us, gory revelations about us, like those, ooh, those spots you see in us where you're like, that is not glorious. That is not pretty. That is not of God. And I don't like it when I'm driving down the highway and want to beat my horn for 15 minutes because the guy is on his phone in front of me and I'm trying to get somewhere, right? Like that is not God. That is not good. That is not beautiful. That is not lovely. Right? We know better than anyone those places where we miss it. Right? When I spoke to my husband that way, that did not represent God well. I wasn't even upset with him. I was upset about something totally different. Right? Whatever that is. Those gory revelations about us actually prepare us to carry the glory when we look at the sun, when we behold his beauty, when we receive the thing that he died to give us. Okay? Because it says when we behold his beauty, we go from what? Faith to faith. And glory to glory, that's right. It's kind of funny. I mean, you can almost say faith to faith and glory to glory, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Glory to glory, yeah. We come out of the mess and the mud and the muck and the mire, and we become beautiful just like he is, yeah. One more practical step is to shift from saying only what I hear to shift to saying only what I hear. Oh, I get it. Okay. Yeah, sorry, Lord, wrong here. I'm like, why does that say H-E-A-R? To shift from saying, what am I here to get from you, Lord, to what do you want to bring through me, Lord? Right? It always comes to us, then through us. So when we begin to shift from coming into a meeting just to get, only to get, because we'll always get because God is good, but shift into a place where we come into meetings to say, what do you want to bring through me, Lord? Because it has to come to you before it comes through you. So you're going to get something. And as soon as you get it, you're still blessed. But the goal is to get it through you. And you become a kingdom agent by the son of God or as a daughter of God that helps to shift the atmosphere, helps to activate the people around you. So part of reaching your destiny is shifting the mindset of being a taker to being a conduit. Does that make sense? How many of you notice that when you are giving, it's more, that's what the scripture says, it's more blessed to what? Give than it is to receive, right? Because it will come to us when it comes through us, but when it comes through us, you're planting a seed for the next come to us. But if we stand there like a swamp and we just drink, 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 and it doesn't ever go out, guess what? All swamp monsters start to come and you're really just feeding your flesh. And it opens you up to attacks of the enemy like we were talking about earlier. Right? All right, one more thing. 
Honor those who seem weak in our midst because honor unlocks opportunity. We always talk a lot about honoring leaders, right? Like that's something we hear all the time. But I notice there's a special place in God's heart when we honor those that no one else honors. And you walk into a room and like Ronnie, maybe there's a homeless man that wants to play the harmonica and it's the only place you know he's going to be able to play. And the Lord says, make room for that man. Make room for my son. And then you get done worshiping, and he gives a word, and you're like, that lit me up. That's exactly what we needed to hear today, right? And he's testifying about how one single act of kindness, something that small, changed his entire life. And then the next week is bringing another homeless guy in that was trying to murder somebody the day before, and he gets saved. I'm just saying, you can't make that stuff up. You cannot make that stuff up. Honor, honoring those weaker parts of those seemingly more insignificant parts of those parts that are hidden in the body of Christ, it unlocks opportunities for the kingdom to advance and be multiplied. And it does help us reach our destiny because you'll always be encouraged when you honor them. Oh, did I change for you guys? Sorry. Okay, and then finally, practice humility. Every truth is first to me, then through me, right? Whenever the Lord wants us to share a truth with someone else, check it on your own heart first, right? Check it on your own heart. You ever listen to a word, a real strong word, and you're like, mm-hmm, I'm thinking of Jeffrey and Jennifer and Jethro and Jennifer and Joey and whatever. And the Lord's going, I'm talking to you, baby girl. They aren't here. Talking to you, son. They are not here. I'm trying to get through to you. Right? Because if it goes to us first, then when we get to Jeffrey and Jennifer and Jethro and Janiper and whoever else, we're going to be walking it out and they'll be able to better receive it because they'll see it in us. And the very presence of God and the manifestation of it in our lives will convict them and grant them the grace to come into that place of revelation as well. Right? Isn't that awesome? All right. Last one. Another practical step to reaching your destiny. View yourself as a soldier and a son or daughter who is always on duty. Say, self, you are a son, or you are a daughter, right? And you are always on duty. You never stop being a son. You never stop being a daughter. And sons and daughters of God are called into the army of the Lord, and we are always on duty. You ever hung out with military people? You notice they always sit in the corner of the room where they can see everything and their head's always on a swivel and they're real kind, but they're watching and scanning the room. They have been trained. They have been prepared. And they are always ready and on point, even after they retire. Why? Because they were created to keep an atmosphere of peace in the land. And you and I are created to keep an atmosphere of shalom in the land by saying, thy kingdom come and thy will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And everywhere we go, we're a thermostat and we shift the temperature. So our heads are always on a swivel as a son and a daughter. Okay? 
as a soldier of the Lord, and we're watching what is operating, what is of God, what is not of God. And Father, is there anything you're asking me to do about this? And while you're in the room, he will always give you something to do about it, to call it into order. So that his kingdom can come and his will can be done, right? Sometimes maybe he'll have you minister to a person who's not operating out of his kingdom. He'll have you give an encouraging word. Sometimes there are, everyone else in the room is intimidated and doesn't want to say anything, but they all see it operating too. And he'll give you the gracious, humble gentle way to say it to turn the ship so that that spirit can't have its way right but you're there for a reason he didn't say he said everywhere the sole of your foot treads i have given you success and in fact he said i have given the land to you so every single room every single grocery store every single city every single bus you get on every single place your foot treads you just remember that soldier, the Lord, daughter of God, son of God. The Lord has given this to me. I'm here to steward this atmosphere. I'm taking possession of it. I'm bringing dominion for the sake of my father's name because he's so good. I know when he comes and his kingdom comes and his dominion reigns in this place and this atmosphere reflects his heaven, everyone here will be blessed. Everyone here will be healed. Everyone here will be encouraged. Come on. Isn't that good? I was like, thank you, Jesus. All right. Another way. Position yourself to hear and see in the spirit. Where is God moving? What is he saying about what's happening? And is there anything he wants you to do about that? Or anything he wants you to pray about that? And we kind of said that, right? Your kingdom come, your will be done. So that's where the head on a swivel thing comes. You're always watching. That's why he calls us watchmen on the wall. Right? Nehemiah was building a city everywhere he went, just like it says in Joshua, I give you the land. You take possession of the land. You will bring, you know, I will give you success. He says, I will give you success. He will bring the victory by the sun, by the sun, by the sun. It's yours. You don't have to make anything happen. You don't have to stir up a manifestation. You just have to hear and speak and see and do what he says. And whatever part you're supposed to bring and shift, it'll shift. Because it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Amen? And as we obey the Lord like this, as we go to these places and we do the little things, I don't know how to explain it except to say, not only do we go from faith to faith and glory to glory, but then we start to go from authority to authority. Okay, glory to glory means weightiness to weightiness. And as you gain success and as you gain victory in those little things, those little places of obeying God, if you love me, you will obey me. All of a sudden you're walking around and you're a heavyweight and people are like walking away from you because they're full of the world and you don't know why. And you go, oh, it must be the glory. It must be the fear of the Lord. Like I went to a party at uh friend's house. I kid you not, the anniversary party I went to, I was rolling because I would, I'm good. I'd walk into the tent and I'd sit down, scatter like cockroaches. I was like, Lord, what is going on? He said, you carry the glory. And some people are drawn to it and they would come and they would hug on me and they couldn't get enough. And other people are like, me, get me out of here. Like they could feel the presence of the Lord. Right? That fear of God comes and they start to tremble and they're like, I don't know what this is, but <laughs> right? I was laughing. Oh, gosh. One individual, I go up to the top deck, and they're smoking weed, and I was like, Lord Jesus. I said, hey, so-and-so, how are you? 
He goes, uh, uh, uh. well, I just took a hit, but I'm praising the Lord. <laughs> I laughed so hard. I said, bless him, Jesus. I said, well, that is good. That's good to praise the Lord. You'll be blessed for that, right? But I'm laughing because I know they weren't praising the Lord before that glory came on that deck. But the fear of the Lord hit that place and something shifted, right? And then they're all Twitter-painted. <laughs> what do we say? The pastor just got up here, right? But it was beautiful. It was innocent in a sense, right? Right? I mean, they were honest, right? They were walking in the lane being honest about where they're at. I love it. <laughs> All right. A real practical step to practice if you want to fulfill your destiny is you have to learn to shift quickly between your role as a king and a priest in various settings. The priest ministers to God in worship Okay, and in prayer, and it ministers to people in edification, prophecy, whatever way. The king rules and reigns in the supernatural as he's seated at the right hand of the father, and the Lord gives him or her intel, and he decrees a thing to see it shifted in the second heaven so the kingdom can come here in the first earth, okay, on the first heaven on earth. Does that make sense? And it's, um, there was a word spoken over me in Israel. They said, I don't know why God is saying this to you, but you've got like a Karav Maga anointing. And Karav Maga is just mixed martial arts. And what it does is it, sh it can shift and change the tactic it's using at any time. This is what they use to teach CIA agents. Okay, and it can shift from karate to jiu-jitsu to whatever the other, um, Aikido, right? All the different kinds of warfare and defense mechanisms to bring about victory. And it can change any time. It doesn't matter what comes at it. It knows ex The individual knows isn't trained to know exactly what to do. Does this need a priestly anointing or does this need a kingdom anointing? Am I decreeing and declaring a thing from, from the right hand of the Father to shift the atmosphere in the second heaven to bind or to loose something that God needs bound and loose so the supernatural seed is set in place and his kingdom can come? Or is he calling me in the priestly anointing to minister and to worship him and or to minister to this person? They're two different things. And there's a time for both. And if we want to fulfill our destiny, we have to be able to discern when do you want me to go after it in the second heaven and when do you want me to shift and edify and bless and minister as a priest. Does that make sense? We have to master that. And I think we're coming into an era where the kingly anointing is becoming... Uh, more common or more of a normal way of life, whereas before we were mostly operating in the priestly anointing of evangelism and loving people and pastoring people and teaching people, but God's brought the apostolic and prophetic back and put that back into the church, so now they're training us in really the reality of operating as kings, okay? So it's both and, not either or, but there's a time for both, and we have to know which one and when, and sometimes it's both, you know? They'll have me walk into a board meeting sometimes and I see something operating. I'm just praying in the spirit, right? Dealing with something because I know what's operating in the room. And then he has me say something completely contrary, seemingly, to what I was praying in the spirit. Because now I'm operating of a priestly anointing. I'm loving that person where they're at and comforting them and encouraging them. So they can come out from underneath that oppression, from underneath that control of that spirit. You know what I'm saying? Okay, that's where we're being called. That's where you're being called. That's what Delta Force members do. All right? All right. All right, all right, all right. We say this a lot. I say this a lot. Laura's heard me say this a million times. Always run into the storm. When the storm comes, 
always, always, always run into the storm because the way out of a storm is through the pain of it. The world tells us to avoid pain, to avoid confrontation, to avoid things that make our flesh uncomfortable. But if we want to come up higher, we got to run into the darkness. Remember when Moses went up the mountain and he said, I went into the thick darkness where God was? Revelation tells us that the voice of God is like thunder and that the angels mix the prayers of the saints, the incense and the prayers of the saints with lightning and they throw it down to earth. Come on, somebody. That's all prophetic symbolism for the reality that we are called to live by the sun. Be a by sun. Come on. Come on. He says, Paul says, I know what it means to lack. In other words, to be weak. We talked about that earlier. It's okay to be weak. It doesn't matter because in my weakness, I am strong. That's right. In my weakness, the Lord shows himself strong. I don't have to worry about it because I'm a by son. It's by the son that I have covenant. It's by the son that I'm adopted. It's by the son that I'm saved. It's by the son that I'm strong. It's by the son that I get my revelation, that I get my understanding, that I get my might. It's by the son that these miracles come forth. He says, I know what it means to lack. I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance. For I am trained. Say that out loud over yourself. Say, I am trained. Yes, you are. You are trained. You are trained. I am trained in the secret of overcoming all things. Hmm. Didn't he say, fear not? In this world, you will have trouble, but fear not, because I have overcome the world. And the same one that overcame the world dwells on the inside of you, and he has the solution to every challenge you face. And he gave you positional authority as a king and, and relational authority as a priest to turn it all around for his good. If you just say what he says and you just do what he shows you. I am trained in the secret of overcoming all things. Just say that out loud. I am trained in the secret of overcoming all things. Yes, you are. You're being trained every day in that, and so am I. Isn't that awesome? And I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. Every single difficulty. So I felt like that's what Father wanted to tell you today. Be a by son. Run into the storms. I just hear a resounding well done specifically over this body. Well done. Well done, remnant. Well done, daughters of God, sons of God. Well done, kings. Well done, queens. Well done, priests. You have remained a part of a remnant that is shifting the atmosphere for this city, that is shifting the atmosphere for this state, that is shifting the atmosphere for this nation and for the nations of the world. Well done. Great will be your reward. Great will be your reward. Thank you for listening today. Take a moment and ask Holy Spirit what He wants you to do with what you've learned. And remember, 
With God, all things are possible. So keep dreaming, keep praying, and simply obey. Because God is good, and He has good plans for you. You can subscribe to our blogs, learn about our speakers, and even hear from one of our team members how you can take part in transforming a city, your city with Christ. There's no time like the present. Visit ShekinahOnline.com. If this doesn't excite you, watch for our new and God-inspired product line, a newly released book by Stephanie Butler, more testimonies from our listeners like you, working to bring unity in cities across the world. If you feel led to support our podcast, you may do so on our Shekinah.com website. Or if you would like to support us monthly, there is a link labeled Listener Support on every podcast. Until next time, we thank you, we love you, have a blessed day.